Now time for the BCHL Podcast. All the way in front, backhand, scores! Turn on the red light, the Capitals win it. Donaldson shoots, scores! Sean Donaldson shorthanded. Now one of a breakaway, in alone is Libel. Club save is Colby Hedquist. Nice move. Tanelli to the goal, to the backhand, scores! Cue it up. Tyson Dickett again, he scores! There's one for the highlight reel. Magnus all the way around, he scores! How do you do? Zach Michaelis, coast to coast! You go back to the goal! Oh, what a setup! Oh, me, oh my, put that a PCHL tonight! Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. The podcast is back with another episode and two great interviews. But before we get to our guest list, I want to remind everyone that the BCHL podcast is presented by Finning. For more information about Finning and their products, visit Finning.com. That's F-I-N-N-I-N-G.com. All right, on this week's episode, we have a very special guest. Uh, Our first interview is with Canucks Army writer and Surrey Eagles superfan Wyatt Arndt. And we also speak with Wenatchee Wild forward and reigning BCHL first star of the week, Ian Somoza. First up is our interview with Wyatt Arndt. He's been covering the Vancouver Canucks for a very long time now, doing post-game work um, with the Vancouver province, with the Athletic, and now with Canucks Army. And as of this year, uh, if you follow him on social media, he has been posting a ton about his favorite BCHL team, the Surrey Eagles. The Eagles have done a great job of getting him out to some games, and uh, I know he was on the broadcast for a game during uh, an interview earlier this year, and he was also in attendance at the recent charity event, the Wigs for Kids event uh, for cancer research that was initiated by Eagles play-by-play man Joey Pitt. So with his BCHL connection, his uh, newfound love for the Surrey Eagles, we thought it would be a great idea to connect with him and chat with him uh, about the BCHL, but also get into his career as a writer, how he got started, uh, his relationship with his uh, former mentor, Jason Botchford, who uh, used to write for the Vancouver Province and The Athletic. Uh, And just uh, a great hockey talk in general, a little bit different than uh, the interviews we normally do on here. So uh, let's get to it. This is our interview with Canucks Army contributor and Surrey Eagles superfan, Wyatt Arndt. All right, Wyatt. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Um, You've been uh, very vocal on Twitter this year uh, about your support of the Surrey Eagles. Uh, What led to you getting on board with the Eagles and uh, the BCHL in general? Uh, my boy, Joey Pitt, he, uh, he's the play by play guy for the Eagles and, um, he's, uh, social media savvy and he tagged me in a couple of posts and, uh, I kind of have fun things on my own podcast where I just kind of like pick up local stuff and try and, and highlight a bit. And he, you know, was, uh, talked with Eagles and my buddy, uh, Bowman, he's from Surrey. So it's kind of a joke. I said, I was going to take over his hockey team. So I wanted to be a fan of the Eagles and it was started off as a bit of a lark. I've just actually really, um, been taken up by it all and just kind of, uh, experiencing hockey at uh, a grassroots level because uh, believe it or not, it's very easy to get cynical covering the Canucks. So it's uh, <laughs> kind of nice to <laughs> go to the rink. You see like the family members there and fans and kids. And it's just such a, a throwback vibe to when you were young kind of getting into hockey. And it's just kind of fun to see all these kids kind of like just with hopes and dreams and that corporate business kind of surrounding them as they uh, go over their journey. So I've been uh, loving every minute of it. 
there are specific players that have impressed you uh, when you've been out to games? Uh, Jake Balgo is my boy. Uh, Glad is also good. And Paul Ver, you know, the Paul Verizon are net above him too. Uh, yeah, it's been a, I love Paul Verizon. Yeah, so, but Jake Balgo has been the main guy. I got his jersey inside. It was fun just because uh, he's just a really, he's a different smaller forward, but he's very, very skilled. He makes really good passes and uh, uh, can also score. So he kind of drew me in as kind of uh, the skill guy. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Even just seeing like, you know, the teams come through and then uh, me openly hating on the, those, those, Darn Fantic and D's were so good, and I hated them so much because of it. Uh, <laughs> they're my nemesis. They, just, they can't lose. They're just so good. So it's uh, a lot of good storylines kind of going on. And the Kokolo Express are my other rivals because uh, my editor at Canucks Army, David Quadrelli, he's uh, you know kind of worked with them and, and grown up with them. And so he's a big uh, Express guy. So I was kind of make fun of the fact they have a train on a, on a skate as their logo. I don't know how that works, uh, you know, mechanically, but <laughs> it's, just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I don't know how familiar you were with, with the league and the team uh, prior to this year, but um, the way things are going in Surrey this year, obviously they've had a, a really good team on the ice, but um, they've done such a good job uh, off the ice as well, promoting the team and different theme nights. And um, what, what have you seen? I, I know you're not at every game. I know you've probably only been to a handful, but what have you, you noticed and what's impressed you about maybe the business side of things and how they're promoting themselves this year? Uh, I think for me, again, like I kind of went into it thinking, because uh, I'm a dummy, I come to the outside, like, oh, it's going to be like, kind of like a, a, a lowbrow kind of situation. They're going to be struggling. And you get there, and like, there's, you know, it's, it's packed arenas almost. And uh, the advertising there, especially a lot of the local advertising, is like all around the arena. And uh, even like, uh, I'm going to shout out to my boy Jacob. He runs the music at the Eagles game. Like, he's running like really good mixes there. Like, you don't feel that you're like not at like a, a kind of a, a really high end hockey game. Like, obviously, you're missing the replays. There's certain things you just, you know, aren't going to work financially. You're not going to in- install a jumbo and so sorry arena but uh in terms of what they have and how they make it work like even like they're like a chuck and duck throw puck whatever it's i can't remember it offhand but they do that they're like the kids get out there throwing stuff in the ice like it's interactive um like it really is it's just like i was very very impressed with um the level of just the hockey but just um you know even they're like you said they have different jerseys and they're promoting you know different causes and uh like joey recently did the the you know the wigs for kids promotion where we wanted to raise $15,000 and then the Eagles kicking a thousand dollars to get them to 16,000. Like, so the team is investing locally as well. So it's like, you know, if you, if you're giving your money to the Canucks, you kind of question sometimes like, where's this going? Whose pockets is this going into? But, uh, at this level, it's kind of nice because you're kind of seeing it going, you know, back into the, into the industry and, and giving back to the people. And it's, uh, it is, it's, I'm going to keep using that word. Uh, it's very rewarding. So uh, the BCHL has produced some some high end NHL players over the years, and um, st- still have a, a, a large crop of players uh, in the NHL right now. When you think of some of the more notable BCHL alumni that either currently play in the NHL or have played in the past, who comes to mind for you? I didn't know a ton about the BCHL, but the one I always kind of knew of was Kyle Turris. That was the guy that was kind of my, my go-to guy because he was like, you know, oh my God, he's going to be like first overall, he's going to go first overall. And that kind of put it on the map for me. And then as you kind of go into it, like even you know, Devin Taves recently, like, oh, it's Stanley Cup winner. That's like awesome. Like he's another guy. And then for me, though, the main one for me, though, like Scotty Gomez is looking up his history with the Eagles. Like it's, just, it's a lot of fun. So I'm just kind of like, mostly it's the Eagles guys I'm looking into. But for the main one, that kind of got me into like realizing like, Again, you look at this league, it's not like everyone's guaranteed to make that job a big career, but like you can have it happen. You can have these people come in and, and have an impact. And even for me, as I said, like even watching like these you know, kids announce that they're going to get a college scholarship, like that's awesome to see, right? They're still going to continue with another college career. Maybe some of them play in Europe, like they're living their dream and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, I'd say that the main one that got me into all is just like the idea that BCHL was on the map was uh, good old Kyle Turris. 
So I want to talk a little bit about your career as well. Um, you currently write for Canucks Army, mostly doing your, your post-game recaps for those that aren't familiar, called the Stanchies. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, I just want to go back a little further uh, and, and ask you how you kind of got started in the media world. How did you uh, first uh, get into the game? Uh, so for me, like I, I'm very non-traditional. Like obviously, my my social media kind of lends itself to that. So I'm not the most uh, I don't say not professional, but I'm not the most corporate guy in how I approach it. And uh, there's so many paths you can get it. Like a lot of people, for, like you see around. That's another thing I love about the BCH. All these BCIT kids are there and kind of learning industry through uh, those good avenues. But I came along when um, blogging and mainstream media were kind of coming to a head in terms of bloggers were kind of maybe making some inroads and they were starting to kind of get jobs in the industry and mainstream media hated it and didn't want it. So there's a bit of tension there. So, uh, I kind of came in and there was a contest. So, uh, the curtain bloggers at the time, uh, Jason Bruff and Mike Halford, who have gone on to much fame, they had left the province. And so the province held a contest, like let's have a contest for like, you know, 50 bloggers can apply and three will win. And you had to like write for a week and kind of have people vote for you and stuff. So that was kind of my end. It was kind of like entering contests and hoping you could like show your stuff and, and get people to like it. So I got into the back door that way. One, I started blogging for the province. And this was back when the province had like eight to nine sports people, uh, you know, in media row. And now it's like you get one. Like it's such a different world now. But back then the paper was huge. It's still massive. You had the Vancouver Sun who hated the province. And they had, you know, you know five guys aside in, in media. And then there was like me and my buddy and the bloggers kind of you know, sneaking in there and covering games. And um, I think the one thing I took away from that was like, there was a lot of that kind of like the old school media didn't like us. So I wanted to create a different environment when I got into the industry, which is why I love to highlight anyone who's younger and kind of push the, the young kids up. Because honestly, if someone's good, they're going to make it. And I don't want to be someone holding anyone back. And if they, you know, are better than me, then have at it. Like, I think the worst thing you can do is gatekeep in this industry. So anything I can do to kind of push that aside, I try and do. And so I ended up just kind of taking a very kind of relaxed approach to sports. Like I want to make it where if you're talking to me, it feels like you're talking to a buddy about stuff. Cause there's a lot of people that can do sports very stiff and traditional or, and not even, I don't think stiff in a bad way, but can be very like, very like, you know, old school. And so I just kind of take a different approach to it with my kind of humor side, which is not for everyone, but it, it seems to work for me. And I know, um, Jason Boschford was a big mentor of, of yours, um, professionally. And I know you had a personal relationship as well. I know most people in this region know that, uh, Jason sadly passed away a few years ago, but he was such a, a big part of the, the media industry here and, and specifically, uh, covering the Vancouver Canucks. So how did that relationship come together between the two of you? And what did he mean to you both professionally and uh, personally? Yeah, he was my mentor and my friend and he, kind of helped instill the idea that like you want to help people out. Cause he kind of had a, a similar situation when he came and, and kind of, cause he was from back East, he came over to, to Vancouver and it's hard enough for people to kind of get this market because it is a weird kind of reactive market, but much less someone from Toronto. And I think the biggest credit I can give Jason is the fact that like a lot of people didn't even realize he was from the East because he fit in so seamlessly over here. Uh, but when he came over here, he, he got some resistance from some of uh, the Vancouver Sun boys and he got kind of, kind of like treated you know, not great in some ways. So he kind of uh, had Tony Gallagher was like his guy that took him under his wing and kind of like showed that like, Hey, it's, it's so nice to have a mentor who's got your back. And like, it's just, if you help people out, they help you out. It kind of creates a symbiotic relationship where everyone's just kind of working together. Like you don't always have to be the one winner there. And so I think Bosch realized that. And so he could elevate people and still elevate himself. And if he saw you had a passion for writing, he would do anything to kind of like help that. And if he noticed that you didn't love writing anymore, he'd be like, yeah, you know what? Find your passion. Like it isn't for you. But he just wanted to help people who wanted to love writing and wanted to get into it. And that's what he did with me. Like, he saw me, how much I loved writing, wanted to get into the sports world, and he did anything he could. And not just me. Like, look at Harmon Dale. He's like an you know, industry guy, huge guy now as well. He helped draft. Like, every one of us, probably younger guys, has a story of Bosch kind of 
talking to them and reaching out to them and working with them to kind of, you know, help them out and make them know that they belong here. And again, it's a different era now, but back then, I it's, if you weren't around for it, there was such a weird vibe of like, you just like for bloggers, like that whole, you're a blogger in your basement, you don't belong here vibe. That was really kind of crappy that you had to deal with. And Bosch was one of the, the guys, and I'm going to show it to Jeff Patterson as well, that kind of, as far as anthology, those three guys kind of made me feel like I was accepted. Like the first day I went to a game in the locker room as press, they were nice to me and accepted me as, as one of their own. And I can never thank them enough for that. So you, uh, I know you, you kind of came on my radar and probably the same for a lot of people, uh, when you were working on the Provies back when you were with the province yeah. and that was uh, kind of Jason's uh, baby, his post game coverage. And it's such a unique way of covering uh, the team and, and covering a game. And I know you to have and, and, and had different styles covering it, but um, maybe just walk us through the, for those that aren't familiar, the format of, of that uh, coverage and why do you think it kind of became such a staple of Canucks coverage and re- resonates with uh, so many fans? I think it was perfect. It's a great question. By the way. I think it's perfect for this market because Vancouver, there is a sense of like wanting to feel that like we're seen and, and, and because, you know, we always have the Eastern the Toronto games will go past and push into the Vancouver coverage. And there's always like TSN leads with Tron news forever, all that stuff. So there's a level of like Vancouver wants to be seen for what it is. And, and Botch got that. And while I think his style would have worked anywhere, it worked really well in this market because what he did was he kind of blended again, back in the day, this wasn't, you know, the norm. He blended social media with post game coverage. And the one thing I'll never be able to replicate that he also did was he had behind the scenes stories because he was so good at talking to people and finding stories. And, and he was an amazing journalist. Like that's something that's not great in my game. Like Patrick Johnson right now, I think is the best journalist on the beat. He's just got that mind for tracking down stories and, and making connections and talking to people. And that's what Bosch is so good at. And so we like, it was almost like you're watching like not a reality TV, but you're like watching like an episode of TV with him. Like what's happening on the team? Like what's the latest Kessler drama? Like what's going on with, with Gillis and Gilman? Like you just couldn't wait to see what was going on. And so he would do those stories mixed within his articles. And then he would also include tweets from the fans. And that was something that made people feel seen. Like all of a sudden, like that was the thing was, Oh, did he use my tweet? Oh my God. Like that was like a, a you know, a badge that you made it like Bosch used my tweet. Um, and it kind of like created this post game coverage. It wasn't just like, Oh, okay. You know, the Canucks give 110% and here's some post game quotes. Like, Botch would talk about what had happened that day in Canucks land, not just the game. And then he would talk about, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And then he would talk about the game itself and in, in like, not like it, maybe it was a boring game. Maybe all he does is talk about, like he focused on Kessler's defensive game during that. That was a big talking point. Like it just felt very focused and, and fun and also big time at the same time. And myself, obviously a bit more humorous. I don't have those behind the scenes stories. I kind of lean into the more social media interaction and kind of having, um, you know, that fun with it, but it's a style that I would never change the world because it's, but the last thing I enjoy, like, the one thing I hate writing is when it gets like teased and you're writing just for the sake of writing, like, oh, this is purely just a job for me. And with this style, I can kind of have creative freedom to do what I want. And kind of, I can do sometimes articles that are just for me. Like I'll do one where I'm like, this is just going to have nothing but Samson Sentry's, you know, references now. Like, and that's <laughs> dumb, but it's fun for me, right? Like, here we go. Let's drop some, you know, like it's just fun. And so it, it's really helpful, especially like the last 10 years haven't been great for Canucks hockey. So there are some games that are just, you know, tedious and not many people want to read about them. And so I'll just kind of have fun with the article and try and make it entertaining for people. And I take a lot of pride in that. People will tell me that, like, I didn't want to watch the games. I just read your article. And that to me is like the biggest compliment I can get. So now that yeah, you've... From the Bosch style. What's that? Sorry? Oh, sorry. That's, that's, that's a credit to Bosch. Like, he created the style and he kind of passed it on to me. And I'm always going to try and, and keep it because I think it just works so well. So um, n- now that you've been doing this for as long as you have, you're kind of in a 
position where or some of the uh, the younger up and coming writers and journalists are, are looking to you now for um, examples and, and advice. So when you do speak to those younger uh, journalists, then uh, what what kind of advice are you giving them? What's your message to them if they're trying to break in? I do always give a caveat of like, I'm not from a traditional background. So if you've got your BCIT training and you want to hit that kind of traditional sports casting, then don't listen to me. But should you want to try a different approach, I will say, uh, number one is have a distinct voice. I think a lot of people get caught up in just trying to do a very generic article that like, if you read it, you're not even going to think about what the byline is because you don't care what it is. You're just kind of getting basic information. Like if it can be, you know, you know, Canadian AP press article, like that's, you know, it, it fills a void, I guess, but it's not really, you know, it doesn't have a lot of personality to it. Uh, and that doesn't mean you need to like, you know, make a big show of things, but just find your voice. And that's why I kind of talk about like so Lachlan, he does one of the, he does the stances with me and like, he's really good at knowing stuff about goalies. So like incorporate goalie knowledge into your article, like lean into the stuff you're good at, like lean into your strengths. Cause that's going to be such a huge thing for you to create a voice for yourself where people view you that way. And the other thing I also say is consistency. Like, and I was, I struggled with this. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that will pitch articles. Like, I'm going to write this. I'm going to write that. I'm going to write that. I'm going to write this. And they, they never end up doing it. And that makes you feel unreliable to editors and also makes people not listen like, oh, he's going to, sure, they're going to write an article, whatever. Like, you just kind of lose that draw of being a serious writer. And I think consistency is so important, especially when you're first starting out, to show people that you can be a workhorse, that you can kind of produce um, a variety of articles that you can rely on for so many things. Because, again, I've seen just countless people, like, have all these great ideas and they never actually write the article itself. And then it's just like you in your head, you know, subconsciously, like, ah. I'm not going to bother asking them to do something for me because they're not going to do it. Right? So it's, it's it's simple, but it's, it's true. A lot of people kind of use that consistency to kind of apply to themselves for their career. Last question for you: Who's uh, who's taking home the BCHL championship this year? It's clearly going to be the Surrey Eagles. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to suck, but makes <laughs> <laughs> a good go of it. I think it's so good. I look at them like they never lose. They lose like something wrong happened. Like just, they're such a good team. Like it's a great villain for me because they are so good. But yeah, I, I'd be shocked if Penticton doesn't do it. Okay. Well, uh, we won't hold you to that, but uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Wyatt. Thanks so much for having me on. Huge thank you to Wyatt for joining the podcast and uh, what a great and entertaining interview that was. All right, let's move on to our second interview. Now we speak with Wenatchee Wild forward Ian Somoza. Somoza, as I mentioned at the top, is the reigning BCHL first star of the week. He put up three goals and four assists in just two games last weekend to earn the honor. Uh, But on the season, he's actually climbed into fourth on the BCHL scoring list. Uh, On the year, he has 73 points in 52 games, improving on what was uh, a good rookie year for him last year as well, where he was over a point a game, but has obviously taken things to another level this year. We had a great chat with Ian, talked to him about his journey to the BCHL growing up and playing his youth hockey in California, uh, what it was about the league that uh, was the best fit for him in his career, Um, and then talking about the recent uh, team success for the Wild. They've been one of the hotter teams in the BCHL this year, um, and they will be heading to the postseason starting next weekend. So plenty to talk about with Ian. Um, so let's hear it. This is our interview with Wenatchee Wild forward Ian Somoza. All right, Ian. Well, uh, first things first, you're you're having a really strong year this year. You've quietly moved into fourth in the BCHL and on the scoring list. You're the most recent first star of the week in the league. Um, what's been working so well for you this year? 
Um, I don't know, actually. I think it's just, I think it's our team. I think our team's really coming together, especially second half. Our team's been meshing really well. I think that's due to just off-ice things and on-ice, I mean, too. But I think our team's really been coming together. We care for each other a lot more. And just makes it easier for me, too. We got a, we got a lot of skill, but I think the compete's getting there, too. So our team's bonding really well. So I think that I think our team success contributes to my individual success. Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about that team success in a bit, but you mentioned some of your teammates and, and giving them the credit, of course, for the strong year you're having. Who are some of the guys that you've mm-hmm. found that on-ice on chemistry with this year? Who, who have you been clicking with the most, do you think? Um, well, recently, my line for most of the year has been, well, the whole year I played with Parker Murray. I've grown up playing with him, so me and him have some really good chemistry. We've always known each other, kind of just see each other well on the ice and just kind of always know where each other are. And then Garrett Zablowski, he's also committed to Western Michigan, but I feel like us three have some really good chemistry. And I mean, it's benefiting all of us right now, I'd say. Yeah. Another one of your teammates I wanted to ask you about is Cade Littler. Obviously he's having a strong year as well. He's up uh, near the top of the scoring race uh, along with you. Uh, A a Calgary Flames draft pick last year. What can you say about him and, and the kind of player he is? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about him. He's a great player. He's got, He's got his hockey IQ is just off the charts. He's super smart. He seems like he always just knows what to do with the puck. And if you get it to him in a sweet spot, he's got a rocket. He's got such a good shot. So it's a lot of fun playing with him on the power play. Yeah, so I want to get to that team success now. You you guys have really been winning a ton of games lately um, since about February, uh, which is great timing for you uh, uh, heading into, into the playoffs. But you mentioned the, the off-ice stuff, team bonding, and, and that being a reason for your, your team success. What is it about um, a, a close team and um, having those personal relationships? How does that lead to that on-ice on success? Uh, I don't know. I think like... Well, guys have been, even if it's not like the whole group hanging out, just a couple guys, you start caring for them more. You start doing things off the ice, just watching TV, going to the movies together, doing whatever. But you start caring for those people more. And then when you get on the ice, if something happens, like there's a scrum in front of the net, your teammates get hit from behind. Like you care for, you care for each other more. I think you step up and then it's also too, you you get the, the off ice chemistry and then like, it doesn't like, I don't think it really matters who scores or who gets the accolades for winning. It's, it's i mean we get the two points at the end of the night everyone's kind of happy for each other as long as our team's doing good so i think second half that's where we've really progressed i think that's where we've gotten super strong at and our record shows for it second half for sure so i want to go back a little bit and talk about your journey to the bchl so you're from california you grew up playing your minor minor Mm -hmm. hockey in there i know you were with the la junior kings uh system uh hockey in that area uh and in the state has has grown so much in the last 20 to 25 years uh what was it like for you personally growing up uh, in that atmosphere of a kind of a burgeoning hockey market um when i was growing up it actually like the hockey when I was younger it was pretty good there was a lot of there was a lot of young talent around I'd say there's a lot of young kids there's some great talent we had a really good group when we were younger a lot of a lot of draft picks a lot of kids that moved on to college now but once we started getting older around like 14 15 16 guys started moving on to maybe where there was I don't know more more scouted hockey like they're moving away prep school or shattuck whatever doing their own thing but I mean I I stayed in California until I was 16 so I think the hockey started dying down a little more when I, as I got older, I think the competition kind of 
went down a little bit, but it's great to see how, how much it's grown in California from, from what it's come from. What do you attribute to that? I know uh, it was a little before your time, but a lot of people point to Wayne Gretzky coming to the LA Kings as a big turning point when that happened in the mid nineties. What do you think the reason is for why it took off uh, the way it did in kind of the the early two thousands, late nineties? Yeah. I mean, I I would say Wayne Gretzky as well is also around. uh, There's a lot of LA Kings. uh, There's former uh, that I'm trying to think there's former professionals. There's a lot of former pros that live around that area you always see them around the rink, like Dustin Brown, all, all these King stars. So it's really cool. I think for young kids too, especially to see even Dustin Brown's kids, like they're, they're playing too. A lot, a lot of these young kids are getting into it early and just, I, I don't know. It's, it's really cool to see it happening in California though. Cause like I said before, I mean, it was never really like hockey in California is not, not very well known. So it, it's cool to see how much it's growing. And I guess a couple Stanley cups doesn't hurt that as well. Hey, <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you have a couple older brothers in hockey as well. Um, I know uh, one of your brothers, Ethan, played college hockey and is now playing pro. Uh, what does it do for you to have those examples in your own family? And I know that's the path that, that you're on. So just having someone so close mm-hmm. to you that you can kind of look to for advice, what, is, what does that do for you? It's Yeah, I mean, it's great. I couldn't have really, like, uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. It's the the role model Ethan is for me it's it's great it's like he kind of just paved the way he juniors before me and then moved on to college and then now is playing pro so it's like kind of paved the way for me and it just he tells me the rights and the wrongs like all his learning experiences how it went and what he thinks like whatever or, or how's how it's gone but he also kind of took me under his wing too when I was a little younger when I was like 14 15 just just getting into working out and stuff. He took me under his wing and we worked out together a lot. He kind of, he helped me progress. He, he kind of, um, I don't know, his work ethic's great too. So, so it shows me how hard you got to work, how much it takes to get to where he is too. So it's, yeah, it's awesome having a role model like him. So now bringing it back to Wenatchee, you joined the wild pretty early in the season last year after a, a year and a bit in the USHL. What was it about the BCHL and the wild that you thought was the best fit for uh, you and your career? Um, it just excited me. I saw there was a lot of young talent. I saw the, a very skilled league. I've heard it was great for development. I've seen the prospects that have come out of here too. And I was like, wow, I mean, why not? Eh? And then there's also just when was also contacting me too a lot. So I was keeping in touch with them and when just sounded like a great fit for me. And I thought this would, this would be the perfect step for development and to get me to the next level. And I think it's, I think it's done its job. So you weren't there at the time, but the wild had to take a hiatus during the 2020, 21 season because of COVID and the border closure and just the logistics of it wasn't going to work that year. So that meant the team pretty much had to start from scratch last year. And they did put a a really big focus on younger players and you joined that group of younger players. Um, So what's it been like being a part of this team that, that was kind of building um, from the bottom up uh, last year. And uh, you can see it kind of paying off now. Uh, as you guys are, are playing really well. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, yeah, last year was a little odd because the whole team, we only had two returners from the previous year. So it was kind of like an expansion team, like our, uh, or it's kind of like an expansion team, like our coaches say. So it was like we did build from the bottom up. We had so many rookies, so many young 04s last year. I think, we had like, I forgot the number, but we had so many high school guys. So I was coming into there, I, I was a veteran. So it was like, 
it was it was a little different. It was a learning experience coming from the from the USHL in Sioux Falls. It was a learning experience, and our team went through a, a lot together last year. It was a tough it was a tough run, but we we still bonded well. And I mean, I think we made a good run in playoffs last year. But then coming into this year, we have a lot of veterans. We have a lot of experienced talent. So. I'm really excited for what this group's going to do moving forward. And I think we can go really far. Yeah. Looking at the standings, you're in seventh place right now in the interior, but you're actually only three points out of third with a couple games to go, which shows how how crazy uh, the standings are this year. What can you say about uh, how tight the interior conference is right now? Yeah. I mean, every, every game's a battle. Like you, any team you play, you got to be prepared. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's just, it shows in the standings how every, I think there's like four or five teams all within a few points of each other. It's just, it's so close. Every, uh, every night there's no givens. It's just every team. It's, it's yeah. Every game's a battle. So last year you mentioned that playoff run. You, you took Salmon Arm, who was the number two seed to seven games in the first round. Uh, you know, this year, no matter what happens, these last couple of games here, you are in the playoffs no matter what. So um, for all those returning guys, what, what can that experience do for you um, as you head into this year's playoffs? I think, I think all the, the veteran experience, just all these, all these guys here, I think everyone, everyone knows we're kind of, steering the ship, making sure everyone knows that our focus is right now. And it's in the moment, you know, just trying to make sure everyone stays grounded and level. But once playoffs come, we're, we're going to be ready, make sure everyone's ready to go. And we're focused that nobody wants to go home, that we're here to win. We're not, we're not here to mess around. This is, we're coming, we're coming to play. So I think it's just, it's keeping everyone focused and on track. And then also once we get into playoffs, the veteran experience will definitely help. I think some of the older guys would just, just lead by example and just, just show the younger guys how much it means and in playoffs, the intensity is really turned up. So just, just be ready for, be ready to go. Last question for you. You're committed to Western Michigan university when you're done in the BCHL. Um, as we record this, they're, they're actually just starting up the uh, NCAA national tournament with the first game there. Um, what excites you about that program and, and getting to go play there soon? Um, just, I visited last summer as well, but I've been committed there for a few years. It's just a state of the art hockey program. I went there. It's just, it's unbelievable the way they, just the way they get treated, everything they have. It's just, and then their, their coaching staff is also unbelievable. So that's another plus. And then I saw the campus campus is also beautiful, but I think the, the hockey program definitely excites me the most. That's what I'm most excited about. All right, Ian. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you and your teammates down the stretch here and in the playoffs. All right. Thank you, Jesse. All right. That does it. Another episode of the BCHL podcast is in the books. Huge thank you to both of my guests this week, Ian Somoza, who you just heard from. And of course, Wyatt Arndt, who we spoke with at the top of the episode. Before we let you go, just a reminder, there's a ton of new content uh, available at bchl.ca. Uh, the NCAA National Tournament got underway starting yesterday, uh, and there are 104 BCHL alumni competing this year uh, with the chance of a national championship. Uh, so we break that all down. We have the full schedule, uh, a list of all the alumni on each team. Uh, and again, that's available on the BCHL website. Uh, we sticking with the NCAA theme. We have a rundown of all the year end award winners um, that are BCHL alumni, as well as the conference all stars. 
Um, and on top of that, we have a new edition of our BC Raised series uh, where we profile players uh, raised in British Columbia who are excelling in the BCHL. Uh, and this most recent one is on Regan Milburn of the Vernon Vipers. We'd also like to thank Finning, the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast. And again, if you're looking for more information about Finning and their products, head to Finning.com. And last but not least, uh, shout out to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together behind the scenes. All right, everybody, we're very close to the BCHL playoffs. Enjoy the last weekend of the regular season. Uh, and we'll have you primed for the postseason next next week. So uh, talk to you again very soon. Thanks a lot for listening.